It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And now here's the star of our show, James Van And we are live. Welcome to Car con Carne. I'm James Van Osdell. Quarantine con carne for now. Uh, staying out of the car. I, I went back to the car for a couple months. Now I'm out of the car. You know, Delta is concerning. COVID is concerning. Uh, guests don't really want to share jalapeno poppers in my front seat right now. And I don't necessarily want to share jalapeno poppers with them right this moment. But it will happen again. We will return to the Mazda 3. But for now, uh, hell, this worked for a year and a half. Uh, I'm going to keep doing it like this. For the time being, it is Carcon Carne. I, I do want to mention, you know, I love records. I can't help but, you know, I can't help the fact that records are behind me. Oh, I've got my guest on the screen. Sorry, I, I meant to hide you, Dan. Um, that's Dan Milligan. We're going to talk to him in a second. Uh, I try to, you know, I, I can't hide the fact that I love buying records, buying vinyl. Just got this in the mail. Dan Milligan of Joy Thieves. Check this shit out. This it is the new, Maiden, new Iron Maiden album. You know, somehow it had completely escaped my attention that there was a new Maiden record. I'm not sure how that happened, but I saw the picture a few minutes ago. It's amazing looking. Okay, first of all, three LPs, triple gate folds, and the artwork. I mean, it's it's an Iron Maiden album, right? I mean, this yeah, is just... right. It's a classic Maiden record. It looks classic, amazing, though. Classic, especially Maiden. on the vinyl that like that size. The scale of it is unreal. And I love the smell of the cover. <laughs> I, I, I do. I hear you. I, I love that smell of, of like cassette tapes and, and vinyl. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it brings me back to childhood. I love it. And check this out. This is one of the inner sleeves. Oh, wow. Like Samurai Eddie may be the best Eddie to date. It's very cool. I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was just listening to the fifth and sixth sides, one song per side, um, super long. Uh, Hell on Earth is 1123. The parchment is 1246. This is going to be one of those growers. This is going to be one of those records you, you need to listen to several times and it gets better with each subsequent listen. So I just that's want classic Maiden though, right? I mean, like 11, yes. 12 minute songs like that. That's, that's great. And I, I, the only reason I, I brought it for show and tell tonight, I literally had it dropped off on my doorstep by Amazon about an hour ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm like, so excited. I got something new here. Uh, you know, anyways, I, oh, I saw ahead. them like, I saw them in concert like three years ago or something for the first time. I, I don't know how I went this long and never saw them. They were unbelievable. It was unbelievable. So, so right. Good. Yeah. I mean, his Bruce Dickinson's voice still holds up. Uh, when did you see them the last time through? Yeah, I think it was. Is it two years ago? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. So that was out in Tinley Park. Yeah. And I I realized as it was happening, I'm like, oh, each set represents a different theme. They had three different set changes. Uh, the first one was war, and then the second one was maybe religion, and the third one was the devil. And they had set changes to go along with each song that featured in that set and they have a live album uh, commemorating that i just they, they're so good they they, they just figured everything out and, and even the energy i mean they were like shame there was another band i can't remember who the opening band was well there you go i can't remember uh, it was just like but it was night and day the energy yes. that these old guys are putting out it's like they're schooling you <laughs> they're just schooling you yeah, i can't remember who opened either although the previous two times i saw them uh ghost opened once Okay. And Alice Cooper opened the time before that. So, oh, wow. There you they're go. Pre they're pretty good. Oh, actually, I think it was uh, one of the dudes in Maiden. One it was of a kid, kids. right? Like, yeah, a, like... It was a kid. yeah, his kids band opened up. Well, I'll tell Can't you. I remember I, the name. Yeah, you'd expect them to have the youthful energy going on, and, and Maiden was unbelievable. It was such a great show. So I, I, I meant to 
I, I'm out of practice doing these uh, live Zoom things. I meant to have you off screen as I did my intro because uh, I was going to bring you on. There's, I, I wanted to bring you on triumphantly because in addition <laughs> to Carcon Carne, which we're, which we're doing tonight, Carcon Carne, that's Dan Milligan of the Joy Thieves, uh, who just put out their debut full length. Um, tomorrow, I'm launching a brand new podcast. It'll be a companion podcast. It'll work in concert, so to speak, with Carcon Carne. It's called The Music of Chicago. And what it is is a show maybe 30 to 60 minutes long each week with music, local music in the show, which for a podcast is not something you hear. If you think about all the podcasts you listen to, you don't hear music. There's a reason. Uh, a podcast is what's called a mechanical download. And because people are downloading a podcast, if you include copyrighted content in that podcast, you open yourself up to a world of litigious trouble. Yeah, I got so you. I went through the process of putting a form together, a, a legal form, basically saying, I want to play local music on a podcast. It, it's not really done. I mean, you could do it. You, kinda, you can kind of bully your way through doing it through Anchor and Spotify. But I want to do a podcast that you can get everywhere with local music. So I put together a form basically that artists can use to testify that, yes, they are the owners of their licensing rights and that they give me permission to include their songs. I kind of in a stealth way, in a ninja way, I sent out an email to some people saying, here's what I want to do. Any interest? And I got some songs together for the first couple episodes. The first one drops tomorrow morning. The Joy Thieves kicks off the very first episode tomorrow. That hey, drops of the music right. of Chicago. See, it, it all comes together. This is the night before the podcast launches. Uh, the very first show, the very first song I play is called Drowned by Invitation off the new Joy Thieves album, American Parasite. Uh, it's one of those songs that just grabbed me by the collar when I first heard it. And full disclosure, I only listened to two songs before I had the chance to record the, the podcast episode. I didn't get the full breadth of the album American Parasite when I recorded this. I have so many more thoughts now after I've recorded the music of Chicago on this album because the album is really, really fucking good. But Drowned by, Inv Drowned by Invitation, uh, again, this will be on my podcast. It launches tomorrow. It's called The Music of Chicago. I think I described the guitars as lacerating on this. They just tear you apart. And I think that's true on the entire album. The guitars are like the MVP on this album. Not I completely agree with you. I, I mean, I've, <laughs> I, my secret weapon is a guy, a friend of mine from Scotland. His name is Gordon Young. And, and I, I, I write on guitar, but I'm not a great guitar player. So I kind of bang out some of these remedial ideas. And it's one of those things I send them off to Gordon. And when they return, it's like, oh my God, man, how did you do it? It's unbelievable. It was so fun to mix those guitars and we put them way in front. Oh yeah. I mean, I, and as guitars go, you have legit guitar heroes on this album it's true <laughs> it's, it's one of the nice parts about having so many people be involved with the project is that um kind of get to pick and choose amongst a lot of really amazing players it's it's unbelievable that that i'm in the shoes to be able to do that it's very cool so i, I said in the social posts uh, for this facebook live i mean this is a loose collective the joy thieves have I mean, at this point, you get you Joy Thieves and Pigface should have like a street fight in an alley to just <laughs> fucking figure out who 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 merges triumphant in terms of band membership. Um, but I mean, the Haggerty's are, are on this. Yes. Joe and John. I mean, these are these are punk heroes in Chicago. I, exactly. I mean, I, I, I am so completely floored and honored to have both of those guys on this album. It was one of those things like when we finally figured out the direction of American Parasite, which was leaning really into the punk thing. It's like, 
I'm here in Chicago, man. Like I, they're all around uh, heroes from when I was a kid. It's like, kind of like every, all the connections I've made for the joy thieves. It's like, I'm going to reach out. You know what I mean? Like, why not? What do I have to lose to reach out to John and Joe and just see, maybe they'll want to do it. And they both did. It was, it was so much fun to have them in our studio and, um, and work with them. I I, I can imagine. Now you recorded this in Wheaton, correct? Which is, as we know, the county seat of DuPage County. Uh, It's also the home of the second most churches per capita in America. Do you think, Dan Milligan of the Joy Thieves, that if the residents of Wheaton knew what was going on in your studio, you and your your band of uh, 50 plus members would have been drummed out of town with pitchforks and and torches? Uh, Oh, I'd like to think so. (laughs) I grew up in Wheaton. I mean, it's fine. I don't live there anymore, but... um, but yeah, I, I grew up there and and I, I had, didn't know that it had dropped to number two as far as churches go. When I was a kid, it, the whole thing was that it was number one. It was like in Trivial Pursuit even, there was like a question about it. It was number one. So I, apparently they're slipping, but maybe that has something to do with us. Honestly, it's not it's an honor just to be named in the, yeah. in the top, top tier. Right, exactly. Uh, so you mentioned the punk angle. I went into this album with expectations. I kind of in my head had you pigeonholed as an industrial collective you have chris Connolly, industrial legend although he's done plenty that is not industrial yeah. uh, industrial legend doing vocals on all the tracks on this album i went into this with a preconceived notion of what i was going to hear you completely turned my expectations on my ear this i mean there are moments that sounds like i'm listening to something out of 1978 like songs like my life in power or crown of expulsion i mean these these are legit old school punk songs you know, we've done a lot. Um, when when the band started a few years ago, industrial rock was kind of the angle, um, and we've just felt free to include all sorts of different sorts of things. You know, whether that's just straight rock things, and there's always been kind of punk influences going in there. But it was the second we made the choice to um, to really do this thing and make it a cohesive record, um, make all the songs super short, make all the songs super powerful, guitars in the front, punk just punk energy. Um, and Chris delivers on everything he does. I'm just, I'm a lifelong fan. So I mean, like, I can watch a little bit. I just love the work that he does. And, and he's got that sneer in a lot of these that just, it just smacks of punk rock. Right. So uh, yeah, I, I can understand a lot of people. I think were surprised when we released this, they didn't see it coming because a lot of our other stuff has been very much uh, more in the industrial rock vein, I guess. I, I love it. I, I will say nihilist landscape is about the most goth song title uh, you could ever come up with. Although the song is super punk. Right. <laughs> you can thank Chris for that one. I, you know, he's one of those guys. I literally, I, we just gave him tracks and let him do what he does best. So all the lyrics, all the vocals and everything, um, he banged those out. So the names are what he, what he named them. He did all that stuff, but yeah, I hear you. And uh, there is a video for the title track, American Parasite, uh, Connolly looking like Che Guevara, uh, that's awesome. Tell me about that shoot. It was so much fun. That this was one of the, we got to do it in the spring. Um, just as things were sorting to release, like we realized that maybe we could be in the same room if we were all masked up, and if we 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 rented that place, which was large, so we could all be very far apart. You know, so yes. so logistically speaking, um, it was a little bit weird in that sense, and we were all kind of on edge because it's the first. It was literally the first time that any of us had gone and done anything like that at all um, in a year plus. So I love that song so much, and we just had the uh, my video guy Joel um, 
and I worked on the idea for it. And I just, it was so much fun to do. Um, and, I, and I'll tell you, like for a band that we've never, except for a couple of times, we've never really performed shows. You know what I mean? We don't perform live. So getting in the same room and playing songs with Chris Connolly in the front and, you know, Marcus um, from Stabbing Westward on the side, like I just with, with these people, it's, it's ridiculously fun. And especially that night, it had been so long. We had all this built up energy of a year plus of no one playing their instruments, no one getting together in the same room. And then it just exploded that night. It was awesome. <laughs> I feel it. And again, that's American Parasite. That's the title track. We can see that video. Uh, it is it is out there. It is consumable. Uh, it, there you go. So three EPs before this. Is it safe to say you found your groove or is this a direction and you're going to maybe go somewhere different next time? You know, I, um, I really liked what we did here. Um, more than anything, I want everybody to be inspired with where we're headed. And, and I can't say exactly where that's going to be. Um, this one, it felt like the exact right thing to do at the, at the exact right time. Yeah. It's, it's actually kind of funny. We, we were recording we were mixing a record already. Um, and I started looking through all these backlog of songs and I noticed that Chris had a lot recorded for us and they all kind of fell into that vein. And so we started talking about it. Um, it was like, well, maybe we'll do like an EP of like punk songs that Chris sings and include them with this new record that we do. And slowly it kind of, it overtook the, the original project. <laughs> you know, it, it let us know this is the thing to do and this is the time to do it. Um, so, I can't really say where we're headed right now. I can say that punk is always going to be an influence on what we're doing, but I'm not about to nail down any sort of direction at all because right. the joy thieves have always just been what we feel like doing when we feel like doing it. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, but punk will always be a part of what we do certainly, but, uh, this was kind of an anomaly, I guess. And it's, um, it's definitely the most streamlined record we've ever done. And I, and I do like that. Well, and adding to the overall cohesion, I guess, is the fact that you have one vocalist. And previously it was guest right. vocals, different vocalists on different tracks, which has its own charms. And there are lots of cool songs that you've done before. But I, I think for an overall package, the consistency of just having that one singular lyricist vocalist went a long way. Absolutely. I mean, at the at the time when, like I said, we were putting it together and finally James is my production partner. He's the guy who owns um, owns the studio in Wheaton. And we were looking at all these and we were talking with Chris back and forth. And, and when we realized we're making a record and, yeah. and Chris is going to sing the whole thing. I mean, it's like it it just solidified into something that we were just over the moon about. And it, and it helped. You can feel the energy, I think, on the record. I mean, it just jumps out of the tracks. So, so who else who else is on the record we mentioned the Haggerty's. who else from this sprawling collective contributed to these songs you know there's a there's a lot of people that kind of the new ones this this round every single kind of um every album that we do there's new people kind of enter the fold the Haggerty's were new on this one um a guitar player named chris haskett who was with the rollins band for a long time who's an amazing player i mean just i'm just such a big fan of his he he came aboard for this one too um Outside of that, it's it's literally just kind of tracks from a lot of these different people who are involved. Um, the core, I guess, I, for the most part, I did most of the drumming on everything. Uh, my guy Gordon, who I said did a lot of the guitars, and he's that the sound that you're talking about. That's Gordon. I mean, they, that's exactly what he did. So, uh, Chris and James, the guy who owns the studio, that's kind of the core. But then when we need a great guitar solo, I can feel free to call Louis Vitek and, and he's happy to do it for me and, and stuff like that. So it, that's the core. But then there's a lot of other people kind of sprinkled throughout. Got it. Now, when you started the Joy Thieves, 
there were no expectations. You were just a musician kind of doing what you do. You didn't think it would become this. Absolutely. No, I, I didn't think it for one millisecond. I really, I, I really didn't. This is, I've been, I'm a lifelong musician. I'm a professional drummer by trade. Um, so I've been making music in different styles for, for years, for my entire life, basically. Um, so to me, this was just going to be another one of those things. I wrote some songs that I kind of liked. Um, I guess the difference was I started reaching out to some people um, who were legit musical heroes of mine and asking if they might be interested just on a whim, kind of. I mean, like, it's funny. That actually, um, the, one of the first people to come aboard was Chris. Um, I had all these songs. and I was looking for a vocalist. I was like, just I just need somebody, to, you know, to help me out on, on some vocals. So um, I reached out to Martin Atkins, who is um, who I didn't really know at the time, but he's a friends with my wife. And I said, you know, I, I'm everyone's connected to Martin Atkins in, in some, some way. I know six degrees. Right. Uh -huh. and, I, and I just sent him a note. I was like, you know, I'm looking for vocalists. He yeah, at the time he was, you know, teaching college age students and stuff. I thought maybe he's got some young and hungry people who might be interested. And he said, oh, you know, I'll, oh, I would uh, talk to Connolly. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's not like that. <laughs> you know, it's not that sort of thing. This is just me, like, making tracks at my house sort of thing. And he's like, well, I wouldn't recommend anybody else. He's, he's the only guy I would say. And so a couple of days later, I just did and reached out to him. And that started this kind of once once he was on board and he did a few songs for us. And you'd be surprised how easy it is to get other people to join a project when they find that Chris is involved. <laughs> so and it just kind of expanded from there. But, yeah, I mean, really, in um, at its very core, in the very beginning, it was just me writing some songs that I kind of liked in my bedroom studio at three in the morning. So there's a lesson there for aspiring musicians, aspiring anybody. I mean, I, I guess that lesson is shoot your shot. I mean, you, I can't say it enough. And, it, and it's not something I've done for my whole life. I mean, I, it, this really was something I formed that we formed the Joy Thieves and I was 45 or whatever I was at the time. Young um, man, very young man. Yeah, super young. Yeah. But I mean, like I've, I've been in bands forever. It never occurred to me. Could I reach out to Dave Sycott from Stabbing Westward to play drums on the track? I, it would never have occurred to me. And I guess in conjunction with social media stuff where you can actually connect with some of these people in a, in a real way and not sort of like an annoying way. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, these, there are people that you can get to know and actually become friendly with um, before you start saying, will you do this? Will you do that? I mean, it's like I consider some of these people very good friends now, but um, absolutely 100% what you just said. Take your shot. Call, I mean, just just ask. Just ask because there's nothing to lose. And and I was just constantly surprised that the answer kept turning back yes. You know, especially when you're talking to people that when I was 20 and I was going to Metro, these are people that I was watching on that stage who were heroes of mine. Yeah. And and they just live close by. I mean, like there's people that they're in Yorkville. They're all over. They're in the city still. These people are still around and they still have that passion for making music. And a lot of times they just are into it and are um, are willing to to do stuff. So that's the lesson, I guess. Yes. How far is the Rainbow Cone in Lombard from Wheaton? Is that close enough? Could you go there after recording? <laughs> it's about 15 minutes, yeah. That's reasonable. Perfect, yeah. <laughs> it might be easier depending on the time of day than going to Beverly. And mm -hmm. always preferred than over going to Navy Pier. Right. So American Parasite is, uh, like I said, it it's it completely surprised me. Blew me out of the water. I, I love it. Um, I said it from the get-go. The guitar is the MVP. This is just... It is it is a raw, propulsive release. I it, it was the album I needed to hear at the time I heard it. 
I, I can't thank you bit. enough for the nice words. I mean, like it, it's so, um, it took us by surprise how many people enjoyed it, especially because it was kind of a hard left turn for us. Yeah. Um, we were ready for anything, but we were so in, enjoying the process that it becomes one of those things like, I don't give it, I don't care at all what people think. <laughs> you know what I mean? We were having so Dude, much you, fun making Dan, it. You're not in Wheaton. You can say you don't give a fuck. It's fine. Oh, okay, great. I didn't. Oh, that's right. I forgot on the podcast. I'm cool. Yeah. No, it was just, it was so freeing to say, I don't give a shit if anyone likes it or not, because this is what I wanted to do right then. And it, and everyone was on the same page and feeling it. Um, it, it couldn't have felt more better at the time to do. And so to release that into the world and have people really uh, like enjoying it, it's, it's beyond anything I could even think of. Honestly, it's, it's just such a pleasant surprise. You know what the next level is for this album? What's that? Vinyl. You know, we looked into doing that. I, I'm not like the vinyl guy. Um, there's a handful of things I think would translate very, very well for what we do to vinyl. Um, so I certainly would want to do it. It's one of those things while, while, while we were putting it together, the, the vinyl industry, it's running so slow right now. I was now. about it's to like, say. It's ground take... to a complete halt almost at, for certain places, and we just didn't want to get involved with it. I but... was going to say, there's probably like a three-year wait to actually get get it into people's hands. I totally understand. Like that yeah. Maiden album I brought for show and tell, I think they started working on that around the time of Peace of Mind and Seventh Son. I mean, it... <laughs> Right. And I would definitely like to do that sometime in the future. And it's something we're, we're certainly thinking about. But um, yeah, I think it would sound amazing on vinyl, to be honest with you. I, I think that would be very cool. And I would love just, you know, I would love, like we were saying earlier, to open up a full <laughs> album yeah. with Joy Thieves artwork. It would just do my heart good. Honestly, <laughs> it would be super cool. Well, here's the good news. It sounds good regardless of medium, regardless of platform. Uh, if you are jumping in the car this weekend for you're going somewhere for labor day although the cdc wants you to be careful with that if you are doing that uh put on this new album american parasite by the joy thieves it is so good it is uh like dan said all the songs are quick they're they're just exactly what you need to hear it, it is catharsis in, in its simplest form it, it's 20 is our 2020 wrapped up into you know 36 that's minutes. it that's it. <laughs> and that's it. And that, yeah, that's exactly what it was for us is getting purging all that energy all at once. I love it. All right, Dan, you stay there. Thank you very much. That's Dan Milligan of Joy Thieves. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, thank you for doing that. Uh, please tell a friend. Again, the Music of Chicago podcast launches tomorrow. It might already be live if you look hard enough. Uh, thank you, everybody. And uh, Dan, stay right there. Thanks so much for having me, James. I appreciate that. And.